Radio.com and FirstAmendmentRadio.net around the world and on satellite. Summer Lake, the town, 
is so small that there used to be more people living in my house than there were living in town, and I don't live in town. Uh, then my son moved to town, and the population shifted immensely, but uh, there's also to put on the map in this area, so Summer Lake gets on those uh, major maps of the United States. But uh, now it's on CNN, and they'll probably show a video. They spent a lot of time going up on the hill above us and uh, filming the sunrise. Very cold morning, and uh, uh, so that's probably going to be featured as they start the video when they do so to show the, the whole clips. You can only see little bits and pieces of it now, but we've got a lot of feedback, and people are misunderstanding our position. It's a half-hour show. They've only seen some clips. There's a little bit of an article. Um, the article really isn't that bad. It's actually uh, treated us rather well, but there is some inaccuracies in it. And it's not fault. It's just that it's a blip. It's a small little sound bite of what we're about, and it's very easy to misunderstand where we're coming from based on a blip. Uh, people are more complex than that. Everybody has a tendency to want to kind of pigeonhole you. There were, there were last night there were over 700, 800, I guess, uh, actually about 900 comments on the article that people put in their little blog down below it. And, you know, I was I glancing over them about 1 o'clock in the morning, and I said, uh, uh, this is a bunch of uh, foolishness. These people uh, need a life. Uh, the people you see on the blogs, they were just going back and forth. There were several people that were continually repeating uh, little comments um, for hours. And uh, what it is is these people live such quiet and desperate lives that they want to feel important, and so they blog on a CNN blog where only a handful of people probably read what they have to say, and show tremendous ignorance, even willful disregard for facts and information, um, and uh, very judgmental and not paying attention to what was actually stated in the article. They just like to uh, hear the sound of their voice, and in this case, of course, see their uh, words in print. So they get to do this on blogs, and these blogs are often infested with people who really don't have a life of their own. It's, it's kind of the antithesis of the uh, uh, what we call the pedestal pushers, people who are always putting you up on a pedestal, secretly uh, covet that position themselves. Uh, it's a phenomenon that we we see on a regular basis, uh, and you need to become kind of immune to it if you get into the public eye at all, because it will distort your thinking rather quickly if you fall prey to this uh, adoration that people want to do uh, of other people so that they actually are feeding their own envy. But this is uh, what we call what a bunch of crap people. they. Uh, they just uh, naysayers. They just put everything uh, down that they come across because they themselves are so down that uh, this is what they do. They put other people down, and that gives them a sense of power. And these blogs are infested with these kinds of people. But going over some of the things that they mentioned in the article, they talk about the sunrise, uh, the cool blues, the gray sky, and, and this is this is. Uh, what was like that comes up. It is rather quiet out here, and it's kind of majestic. There isn't very many people uh, for hundreds and hundreds of miles. I mean, it's 200 miles to any major city, uh, which isn't even really a major city. It'd be Bend, Oregon. Uh, and uh, so we are rather remote. Uh, I'm out here for a number of reasons. Uh, uh, it's, I'm not out here because this is God's country. The whole darn planet is God's. Uh, we're out here for a number of things that took place in our life, and we believe we should be out here. This is where God seems to have put us, and there seems to be some value to it. Um, and we've raised our family here, and we have ties here and a community here. Uh, it isn't that we have gone and escaped from society and wandered away from uh, society uh, to hide out in some distant place. Um, we used to live in Minneapolis. We used to uh, live out in the country in Wisconsin. We lived a lot of places, but we ended up here. 
and it's where we are supposed to be. I've traveled thousands and thousands of miles, um, uh, tens of thousands of miles sometimes in one year to go see other people. And we are on the radio, and we are on the web, and we have a strong community here. We are not recluses. We are not hiding out from society. We are not escaping from society. And this is one of the ideas that seems to come across a lot of people, or at least they uh, cling to when they read that article. Uh, so why I live here is because this is where I ended up, uh, just like you ended up wherever you're at. Uh, he is uh, part of a wider movement of conservative Christians who are choosing to live their lives on the edge of society, unplugged from civilization as much as they can, living under basic biblical principles. Well, that's partially true, but it also could be very misunderstood. Uh, we're not really living on the edge. We, we happen to live way out. Keith Humphrey, I think he lives in Eugene. Um, there are other people living right in the cities that are following some of the same precepts and concepts that we talk about. It doesn't have anything to do with living um, out in some area, although some of us do live in remote areas or at least outside. It's wonderful living out in the country. It's a great place to raise your family, and it's partly watching out in the country. We were looking for places in Minnesota and Wisconsin when we lived in Minneapolis because we thought raising our children in the city was going to be a difficult thing. Uh, a lot of corrupting influences would uh, uh, come their way, and we thought living in the country is a much more wholesome environment. No problem with that. Uh, they talk about uh, Brother Gregory being kind of a nickname. Yes, uh, it's not really a nickname. It's what people have called me. It's what they started calling me. And uh, it, it, The fact is, if you called somebody Father Arthur or, Far, uh, uh, or Reverend uh, Schlabach or whatever, uh, these are titles that are put on you by other people. Uh, was it official? Was it stamped? Well, actually, I, there were some official points in my life where I began uh, this ministry, but uh, we're not into titles. Uh, that isn't an important thing. So uh, it's a nickname. I don't know if it's really a nickname, but uh, that's okay. Uh, like other conservative Christians in this growing movement, Brother Gregory believes that Christianity has strayed too far from its roots. I agree, absolutely, and has given its role in people's lives over to the government, as with welfare programs or health care. Well, I would agree with that, but even the use of the word the government is a little bit of a misnomer because the church is a government. Uh, Jesus says, I appoint unto you a kingdom, which uh, basically means a government. Uh, the church is defined as one form of government. The problem is you're giving it over to a government that is like the other nations uh, that call themselves, uh, where men call themselves benefactors but exercise authority. That isn't a Christian thing to do. A Christian thing to do is to take care of one another, health, welfare, whatever through faith, hope, and charity. This is a major distinction is what we're talking about. You need to return to faith, hope, and charity. You need to return to a community based on faith, hope, and charity and the perfect law of liberty, which is what the Bible is talking about. When Abraham left Ur and left Haran and went out and became... Abraham, who was Abram originally, and then became Abraham, he set up a system of social welfare, which they call altars in the Bible, and we explain this in the book, Thy Kingdom Come. Uh, he was not abandoning society. He was forming a society based on other principles, not principles of coveting your neighbor's goods through the agency of government, but principles of charity and love and sharing and uh, community because one system breaks down community, actually abandons community in exchange for government. And uh, the other system abandons government, <laughs> a centralized government, in exchange for community and mutual communion of people through faith, hope, and charity. Big distinction. We're not escaping from society we're escaping into a society that is based on 
wholesome moral principles of love and charity and hope and what Christ was talking about, the kingdom of God at hand. Uh, these are very basic things. Just read this article and trying to pigeonhole you will miss these concepts. But they're actually in the article. Uh, and they, they quote in a few places, we are not living off the grid. Right there it says there were complaints in the blogs that, oh, they're living off the grid, but it seems to have access to a computer. It says right there, my words quoted right out of the clip that you see there, we are not living off the grid as much as we are creating a new grid, a more wholesome grid. Uh, I have an electric stove here in the kitchen. Uh, across from it, we have a wood stove. We can use either one. Uh, we don't have any problem using the electric stove. We can do that. I actually know uh, people in the Midwest who took out their gas stove and put in electric because they thought the fumes from the gas stove were not good for you. Uh, we can do without the other, but if we only cook with wood, there'll be more wood burn and smoke going up the chimney. We can do it if we have to, and we have done it, because way out here, we lose power on a regular basis. We are following a different path that we think is healthier, promotes better families and better communities. Right there, you see, we're not abandoning community. We're looking at a different way of forming community. He doesn't believe a church needs four walls and a roof. Well, Jesus never had them, so why would we? Rather, a church is people who believe in taking care of each other, living under the biblical principles of faith, hope, and charity, which we have gone over several times. I don't see why people think that we're abandoning the precepts of the Bible if they actually read the article, but yet this is the feedback we're often getting. Uh, making the government an idol is a problem. That's not my words. That was their uh, words in the article. I think Keith Humphrey said something to that effect. Uh, Christians should be looking for a way to take care of one another without forcing their neighbor to contribute to their welfare. In essence, that's coveting your neighbor's goods through the agency of the government you create. Remember, the government was not created by God. The government was created by you. You create government. You ordain government. This idea that God ordains every government out there is ridiculous. God does not ordain that. Governments that exist in the world today are the result of you abandoning the precepts that Christ, John the Baptist, uh, David, uh, Abraham, Moses, the prophets have been talking about from the beginning. And this is what we write about in the many books that we offer all of which you can get downloaded for free, uh, especially if you join the Living Network, which is what we are always pointing people not to hide out, but to actually come together and form local communities. This is not a new concept. This is not singularly ours. Um, Catherine Austin Fitz has been saying the same things for years from a much more secular approach. Uh, you're starting to see it. Uh, Glenn Beck is talking about it. A lot of people are talking about it. Communities coming together and networking. It's what the people at Christian Exodus, like Keith Humphrey, is beginning to realize is a key element to what they're trying to do, which is find a solution for what they see as a major problem. Uh, that's, you know, one of the things is we're related to uh, Christian Exodus. We never knew anything about Christian Exodus, and we've been on this path for many years. Uh, Keith Humphrey, uh, who seems to be kind of an executive director of, of that movement, uh, stumbled on our stuff and found uh, a compatibility with many of the things that we say, and I can't argue with many of the things that he is beginning to discover and, and, and act upon. Uh, so there is uh, some sort of correlation in a common path, and we're working that out. But we're a part of a movement seeking the kingdom of heaven, the ways of Christ, the ways that early we're trying to conform to Christ. We're not trying to start a new movement. We're trying to find out what Christ was moving people towards. Repenting is about direction. 
and he uh, was calling people to repentance. John the Baptist was calling people to repentance correction, not run off and become uh, hermits or, uh, you know, escape from society to society based on the precepts upon precepts, which we find in the Bible. Many of the people in the blog have no understanding of the Bible at all, and I don't necessarily blame them that churches have been doing a very poor job of explaining the Bible. Many of the churches don't even understand the Old Testament. The Old Testament and the New Testament are actually in agreement. Uh, you wouldn't know that from the impression that most people have of the Old Testament, but the problem is most people's impression of the Old Testament is based upon the teachings of the Pharisees, not the teachings of Christ or the teachings of Abraham or Moses, but the interpretation imposed upon the Torah and the Pentateuch by the Pharisees, which was completely wrong. The Pharisees had it wrong. Uh, they were the language. And there was a, as I've said many times, there was a religious group at that time who said that the interpretation of the Pharisees was a fiction and a fraud. And they had a completely different opinion that was much more uniform and uh, copacetic to what Christ was teaching. So uh, they did state in here, his holy church is a phrase. It's not a, it's not a name. It's a phrase describing what Christ was all about. It's his. He appointed it. It's his church. It doesn't belong to anybody else. It doesn't belong to me. Uh, it's holy, meaning separate. Uh, it's uniquely separate. It's uh, by men, but by God, and men who can put God and to Christ become a part of the church by that conformity. Uh, there is a lot of churches that claim an apostolic uh, connection, and many of them are wrong. They have abandoned Christ. Uh, they may have laid hands on, but somewhere along the line there was a break. It's kind of like uh, somebody not uh, remain faithful in your uh, family uh, to their wife and or their wife to their husband and suddenly the sons and grandsons are not the sons and grandsons, but they're illegitimate. And it's much the same way with the church. It says somewhere along the line, illegitimacy has taken place, although they're still claiming to be the church established by Christ. Now, who those are, that's up to you to figure out. God knows, and we have to figure out what God's will is on that subject. And that's an individual thing. You can do, uh, look at what we have to write, you can... Uh, and say, uh, or you can look at what others have to say on the subject. But somebody's wrong, because there are so many different churches, and they are not in agreement, yet if they were in agreement with Christ, they would be in agreement. And so working out that salvation, working out and finding that agreement with Christ is what we're all about. We don't want to dictate it. We want to share information with you and let you figure it out. So... Yes, the church was established 2,000 years ago, as the article says. Uh, they talk about Brother Gregory being a sheepherder on his ranch in Summer Lake. I don't have a ranch in Summer Lake. <laughs> Everything we have belongs to the church, and we don't even own the property we'd like to purchase it, but we have a lease on it. But uh, this is all You're listening to FirstAmendmentRadio.com Worldwide. Freedom is never free. Today at... Gold and silver is tremendously undervalued. Global demand vastly exceeds mine supply by more than 60% annually. There is little in the financial world more certain than a coming explosion in the prices of gold and silver. The U.S. dollar continues to lose value and respect as the world's reserve currency. Our nation faces challenges on many fronts, and a day doesn't pass without another economist bringing forth warnings of impending economic calamity. There has never been a better time than right now to acquire physical gold and silver. Discount Gold and Silver Trading was founded on the principles of truth and honesty. 
We believe in providing a quality product, quality service, and most importantly, competitive pricing. We provide all forms of precious metals, including American gold, silver, platinum, and rare investment and circulated coins. Silver bars, rounds, and 90% silver bags are on hand for the silver investor. Gold self-directed IRAs are available. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. Toll free, that's 1-800-375-4188. Now listen to me. The Bible says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar. Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD. Government Takeover of the Church. Order online today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com or call 559-781-3773. Who will tell them if not you? Hi, Nicholas here. I used to lug those big jugs to the market to fill with water from those coin-operated filter machines. 25 cents a gallon or 5 gallons for a buck. I used to. Then I got the big Berkey. Now I save my back and hundreds of dollars too. I was paying $600 for the same 3,000 gallons of water that a pair of black Berkey filters will provide from my own tap for only $99. This means that your Berkey water system will entirely pay for itself with only 1,500 gallons of use. And then you will still have 1,500 gallons left before you need to replace the filters. Do the math. Stop throwing your money away on bottled water and filter dispensers that may or may not be delivering as promised. For a limited time, First Amendment Radio is offering 10% off on the most popular Berkey water systems. Visit the shopping page at FirstAmendmentRadio.com or call us at 559-781-3773 for more information. Leave your name and address. We'll send you this special offer. Do it now. First Amendment Radio is an authorized distributor of Berkey products. Back to Keys of the Kingdom. We're talking about the CNN uh, article and uh, the up CNN uh, video that will appear on uh, the uh, CNN International World's Untold Story uh, on May 29th, May 30th, and May 31st. Uh, and it will be available on the net for probably quite some time and we'll, we'll link to it and we'll, we haven't yet seen it we've seen little clips we've seen the article and so a lot of misunderstandings have uh, resulted from reading the article or not reading the article thoroughly and uh, an attempt by many people uh, which is so common to pigeonhole individuals based on soundbite uh, comments uh, on the news, news media we need to be more discerning as individuals. We all do. We need to realize that people are complex, that they have a lot of different ideas, and we need to listen to what they have to say and find out about them and withhold judgment uh, until it's necessary. Uh, give people an opportunity to uh, present themselves and present their ideas and try to find out what they're really thinking and saying rather than jumping to conclusions because you're going to leap on something and prove somebody wrong. So anyway, uh, the article referenced, uh, I think, more than once about uh, us living on a ranch in Summer Lake. Uh, we live on land, and there's uh, some land that is leased. Uh, there's some animals that belong to the church, and uh, the proceeds from those sales support this ministry rather than uh, depending on other people to support it, although we do get some support. Uh, it's very important. It's been a concept in the church to be self-supporting, which is why Paul made tents. We actually make tents, too. <laughs> we uh, manufacture yurts. Um, as far as uh, the statements that they have in here that... Uh, uh, this is a quote, sheep teach the shepherd to be a good shepherd. 
And in that sense, that's what people need. They need a good shepherd who's not going to rule over them, but guide them in good ways, the ways of life. That's what David is talking about, being a good shepherd. Christ is referred to as the good shepherd. Most people don't know what that means because they don't know what it means to be a shepherd. You don't force the sheep to eat this or go there and do that. You guide them, and they figure out how to go through the field how to come together in time of danger uh, to uh, take care of their young. The more you push a sheep, the more he resists. If you're trying to get a lamb to nurse, if you push that lamb towards the milk, it will pull away. If you uh, guide them, bring the milk, uh, make it a more available, remove obstructions, the, the lamb is that milk. But like I said, any effort to force the lamb to go, he actually pushes away. It's, it's an amazing phenomenon. And so we've learned, uh, we should have learned this many years ago. It was actually uh, Brother Nathan who was telling me, uh, you know, uh, in a discussion, and we kind of dawned on us that we had been, in our zeal, pushing people to see what we had to offer, see the gospel as it really is. And that was a mistake. We were doing too much for them. They needed to do for themselves. They needed to find the milk themselves. They needed to find the meat themselves. But we had to move the obstructions and scales from their eyes. Uh, some of the people don't want the scales removed from their eyes, and they, they get rather upset when you remove them, but that's our job, and we're sticking to it. But what we, need to, we, we needed to do, and we realized we needed to do, is let the people become active on their own. And so we began to operate this living network, which has only been around for a short period of time. Uh, and what it is, you have to join the living. You have to pick a contact minister. You have to reach out to the others in your community. And we'll talk more about that later because these are discoveries I think uh, Keith Humphrey has been making. And there's reference to that in the article. But uh, there was also this uh, reference to the fact that uh, while Brother Gregory is content to spreading his gospel over the Internet and simply living out his life on his ranch in Oregon, again, that reference to that, these Christians take things a step further. And this is a segue into the other people that were interviewed. Again, I'm seven years past the age for words of God in the kingdom before Christ. Uh, I'm not retired. I won't retire. You'll know when I'm retired probably by the fact that somebody's throwing dirt in my face. But the reality is, is I'm not content or discontented in any way about what I'm doing. I'm not living on my ranch. I'm not just spreading the gospel over the Internet while we publish books. Uh, again, like I say, I travel thousands and thousands of miles. I'll go anywhere to talk about the kingdom. Uh, I just happen to live here. Uh, we do take care of animals. We also take care of gardens. We also make tents. Uh, we do lots of things, and we are very active in helping our neighbor out here. I built something for our neighbor down the road, just uh, finished up yesterday. Uh, so we do a lot of the things we're constantly striving. Uh, we're not discontented in that striving, but we're striving to seek the kingdom in the righteous ways of Christ. Uh, but that was the way in which they introduced it into their segue, and I'm not faulting them for it, but the reality is let's not get carried away with sound bites in a news article. Let's go for the gusto and find the deeper meaning in what things are being said. Uh, they go on to talk about Christian exodus, which we've already mentioned. To believe modern Christianity is corrupt, they are a little more fired up about the role of government plays, mainly that it shouldn't have any role at all. Again, they're talking about centralized government. If this is a government of the people, for the people, and by the people, they're very much in favor of the people coming together and working out their uh, salvation with fear and trembling. Early forefathers of America said as long as you look to government to solve your problems, you will uh, suffer tyranny. Uh, they were not ones to look to the government for every social welfare. Ninety percent or more of early America was handled by the church through faith, open charity, and local community contributions and, and caring for one another. 
this idea of federal contributions were ridiculous. And that doesn't mean that local contribu contributions ended locally. They talk about in the days of Davy Crockett where they were trying to uh, appropriate funds to help out a widow, and Davy Crockett spoke against it, that that's not what those funds are for, that he actually said that he would take money out of his pocket in support of the widow and asked all of his colleagues in Congress to do the same. And as far as I know, none of them did. Uh, but the reality is, is uh, and, and we actually have the article up that, uh, about the entire incident and what Davy Crockett had to say about it and why he said it, is that there had been a fire and a lot of people were made homeless in Washington and federal funds were used to help out the victims of that fire. And, his, and Davy Crockett's constituency said that was inappropriate. We, could, we should do that. The people should do that. That isn't the purpose of government, and those funds isn't to use them. And they're very eloquent in the way they put it. We've lost these concepts. We've taken a turn away from society that founded this country and made this country great and turned towards a society that is uh, leading us to ruin economically, morally, uh, and uh, ethically. Uh, families are breaking down. Why? Because we took this turn away from community, away from a society on faith, hope, and charity, away from a society based on the biblical principle. Um, you know, people don't realize that Moses said, love thy neighbor. <laughs> Moses was talking about uh, giving drink to thy enemy. Uh, we had this idea that, oh, Moses was all this revenge and all this stuff, and Jesus was love, and there was... Moses and Jesus were in agreement. If you read the New Testament, you would see that there they are together. They're in agreement. The Pharisees were not in agreement with Christ, and so, so therefore the picture that we get of Moses from the Pharisees and their interpretation of the Old Testament is going to lead us astray, just like it was leading the people astray at the time of Christ. And Christ was leading them back. And that's what we're trying to do, is lead you back to what Christ was actually saying and doing. And when we bring it up, people want to take the subject matter off in all kinds of different directions instead of focus on what Christ was actually saying to do and how to live and how to act with one another. He was talking often about government. And the system of Corbin, which is the system of sacrifice set up by the Pharisees, made the word of God to none effect. What is that? We have an article up that explains that. We didn't go into it in the article here because we didn't write the article here. <laughs> so anyway, that's what Christian Exodus is realizing, that the role of government is taking us away from community and society and getting us to look at the central authority that becomes a benefactor to every aspect of our seemingly more fired up than us, but that's the youth. Uh, we are dedicated just as much as anybody else into creating a society that is dependent upon love and charity and hope and not upon a central governmental force that compels the offerings of the people and often misuses them, misappropriates them, uh, squanders them. Uh, thieves and robbers break into that treasury and steal it away. And that's what we see happening. That's what was happening at the time of Christ. The parallels at the time of Christ are amazing. And the uh, uh, decline and fall of the Roman Empire that followed after the rise of Christianity uh, is also something that we are going to repeat in history. Uh, one person wrote, I don't know if my wife would ever consent to living. It, the way things are going, she may be living off the grid whether she uh, consents to it or not. <laughs> and we're not off the electrical grid. We still plugged in, but we could do without it. Fine. Uh, we wouldn't be able to talk to you over the radio without it. Uh, but hopefully by then you've got a local network that you can depend on. And getting emails from us is not going to help you if things get really bad. You know, what am I supposed to do, send you pictures of food? You need to come together in your local communities. You need to come together and become a more noble society, a more caring society. We're not escaping from society. We're escaping back because bureaucracy is soul and society 
is where you need to go to a society, a community of people, and not bureaucracy. Uh, Keith Humphrey uh, was the executive or is the executive uh, director of the Christian Exodus. Uh, they refer to his long Amish-style beard gives very visible clue to his beliefs. Well, wow, right. Uh, and, and Beard, actually, in the video, is actually toned down from what I've seen. <laughs> he does grow uh, an impressive beard. But this is part of that pigeonholing that we have to be careful of, and I'm not faulting the authors. Uh, but uh, we ha it, knowing who he is, you have to get beyond the beard. Making the government an idol is the problem. That stands in the way of Christians. That's Humphrey's quote, and that's what they were quoting from before, even though they didn't have quotes around it. But we see it here. And, and I don't disagree with that. I think that, that is certainly a major part of the problem. I don't think and I don't believe that people should be focusing on getting out of the system as much as they should be focusing on getting into the kingdom. And this is, again, a very clear dividing line from what a lot of people thought the article was about. We're not talking about separating you from society, but we're going to a society that is more kingdom-oriented, more Christ-oriented, more uh, biblically based in the precepts of love thy neighbor as thyself, and actually physically interpret that in our day-to-day -day actions. And that is very significantly different from what you're getting uh, from a lot of people claiming to be Christians or Christian uh, uh, conservatives. We're not interested in getting control of the government and forcing the government to do things our way. We're interested in returning to the precepts of Christ that will give our communities the strength they need to stand on their own to learn to do without the government, the unrighteous mammon, the, uh, uh, the decadent uh, bureaucracy, the free bread and circuses of Rome, whatever you want to call it. We need to stand as a community, as a society, without being so addicted to the benefits of those benefactors who exercise authority. And we are ill-equipped to do that at the present time. It's a journey. Turn around. Start going that direction. Thank God for preparing people to receive the gospel of the kingdom. Preparing the people so that at Pentecost they understood something about the ways in which to live without that bureaucracy of Rome and Herod and the Pharisees. The truth is that's exactly what was going on in Egypt when Moses, during the plagues and the, and the difficult times in Egypt, was teaching the people again how to work together as a community, as a society that was independent of the straw and benefits of the pharaoh, which is what brought them into bondage, the need for those benefits, which has brought Americans into the same Egyptian bondage, which we have articles on. Uh, employee versus enslaved will give you some insight into that. We need, to be, we need to be going the other way and in another direction. In order to do that, we need to turn around. That's what repentance means and go in that direction. And that's what we are talking about. Um, Christian Exodus, they talk about uh, hands off mainly things uh, like our families, our children, our bodies, our health, and even our money, the fruits of our labor. These don't belong to government. Well, they belong to government, but the reality is many of those things do belong to government because we have been going in the wrong direction for a long time. And I'm trying to do is turn things around and go the other direction. And uh, they're learning as they go. When they first started this, uh, uh, they anticipated thousands and thousands of people overwhelming uh, small counties in the state of South Carolina where they would kind of take the country back, you know, the free state kind of project, which we see out there. And uh, that's where they were at. And unfortunately, what they discovered is that uh, many people showed up and they said, okay, where's my house? Where's my job? Uh, or we're like, uh, no, it doesn't work that way, Keith said. And, of course, it doesn't. And we see the same thing on the Living Network. People join the Living Network and says, where is the congregation in my community? 
And we get that all the time. And it's just, well, I don't know, where is it? <laughs> so, I mean, you've lived in that community for how many years and you don't have a congregation yet? You know, they always t used to tell me, uh, if you build it, they will come. And I say, if I have to build it, why would I want them to come? <laughs> so what I say now is, if you build it, you'll be there already. You must build it. This is the nature of the kingdom. It's not going to be built for you and you just move in. You have to build your own house, your own congregation, your own network. You have to participate. You won't hold it a value unless you work at it and, and put effort into it. If I did, it, the kingdom is not a welfare state where you just get your stuff because you showed up. You have to strive. That's why Christ said, strive, because that's what he expects you to do, to work in that direction, to apply your energy, your life, your sacrifice of your day-to-day -day effort in that direction of the kingdom. We will facilitate that as best we can. We can give you lots of information over years and years of research but you must do it. We will try to remove the obstructions. But if you won't go out at shoulder to shoulder with the other sheep near you and lead in the field, you skinny and die. Because I'm not going to bring the hay to you every day. You're going to have to get out there and walk. So what they discovered at Christian Exodus is that they started these micro communities. And that's exactly what is a good idea. And that's what we're doing with the Living Network and trying to put people into uh, connection. And that's what Christ talked about, whether two or more are gathered together in my name. He wasn't talking about Yeshua or Yahweh when he said name. He was talking about in my character. My character is a character of sacrifice, one for another, of service, of getting down on my knees and washing your feet. Is that what you're doing together, is working together to... Clean up each other, wash each other, help each other, build each other up. This is not escaping from society. This is escaping to society, to community, instead of bureaucracy. Personal secession are things like homeschooling, house church, home gardening, home-based economics, just regaining privacy, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, a sense of community rather than worrying about what's going on in Washington, D.C. and what's the latest thing from the Supreme Court. Now, I, I probably read more Supreme Court cases than almost anybody listening on the radio. Uh, I'm sure there are people who read more than I have, but um, I do look at Washington, D.C. But that's just the same as I look over the mountains and see what the weather is going to be today. Uh, it's, it's there, it needs to be attended to, but I know that there is no solution in Washington, D.C. And to think that for that solution, you will suffer tyranny. Again, a common motto in early America. I'm not making this up, look it up. We need to turn around and start looking back to society, back to community, back to our local networks, not losing sight of the overall system of the kingdom and how it works not focusing only on our local community but keeping everything else in a kingdom related way in mind at the same time juggling the two balls the network this is what it's all about this is what the early church was doing this is what israel was doing this is why they had the feast of the tabernacle we'll have a feast the tenth fall feast whatever you want to call it uh, this year in September out here on this thousand acres of ranch land that is leased by the church and hopefully purchased this year by, for the church as a retreat ground and to as a teaching ground, as a conference ground, as a place uh, that uh, people can come to and uh, learn about the kingdom. The, the reason they used to do that is because in a community where everything is taken care of in the community, you can easily lose sight of your local community out there and around about you. So they would have this feast of tabernacle where everybody in the community would camp for a week or two. You know, they had to get there and get back, and they would go there and camp, and they would meet people, and lo and behold, nature will take its course, sons will marry daughters, Daughters will marry sons. Suddenly you have relatives in another community. 
and that community is now important to you because your grandchildren, your grandnephews, your grandnieces are in that community. And so that's what was bringing to the family alliances, was bringing the nation into a nation concept. And so we should be doing the same thing, not losing sight of the nation, but realizing the building block of society, the foundation of society is the family. They talk about focus on the family. Well, let's actually do the family strong in a community makes the community stronger, the community stronger, connected through a network of other communities makes the nation stronger. We're not abandoning the community. We're not off the grid in the sense of sort of recluse fashion. We're actually coming together. Yes, personal secession, homeschooling, great idea. We did it all our lives uh, with our children, and we raised six children out here. Uh, I recommend it highly, and I recommend it highly in a community-based homeschooling setting because then each family could help each other out. You know who cares. I don't care about what they say in Washington, D.C. We need to care about each other. The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.